worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. San Antonio Sports Star Audio Vault is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121 or online at MyBestBailBonds.com. James Pledger, Jack Thompson, The Saturday Morning Hangover. Christmas Eve morning, San Antonio. Welcome into the Saturday Morning Hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM, AM 1250, com. I'm James Pledger. You can follow me on Twitter at IamPledger. I'm joined, as always, by my guy Jack Thompson on Twitter at Jack underscore Thompson 33. And, of course, the talented Katie Goodman. Follow her on Twitter at I'm Katie Goodman. And, of course, follow the station at SA Sports Star. Guys, Merry Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas and happy holidays. <laughs> Nowhere I'd rather be. Nowhere else. That's not true. <laughs> Maybe in my bed because it's really cold. You know that's. I might second that. Extremely yeah. cold. I mean, everybody is always like, "Oh, we don't get Christmas weather. We don't get Christmas weather. We have Christmas weather." Yeah. And nobody likes it. I like it. I, I like it. I'm it's too. cold. I have yeah. PTSD. <clears throat> oh, from the yeah the snowpocalypse. Yeah, snow. Mm-hmm. Nah, this ain't nothing like that. Yeah. I mean, well, we didn't there's get any still that freeze snow. scare, you know, and, and that's the whole thing about you know those traumatic experiences is that. <laughs> Everything's scary, right? When it comes to cold in San Antonio. It terrified me. I'm like, just stay on, stay on. Like any like glitch in the power and I'm like freaking out right now. <laughs> That's exactly how I felt. And I'm just grateful <laughs> my car has a fantastic heater. So worst case scenario, I'll just go The greatest there. thing that I always forget about with my car is the butt warmer. Oh, man. And I always forget about it. Until it the, it gets below like I guess forty, when yeah. I turn on my car, it automatically comes on, and then my boat butt starts getting warm. I'm like, oh yeah, well, and so right. I have to I have to <laughs> throttle it down from high to low. But luckily, I would never use it if not for the function yeah. that it comes on automatically when it's cold. Man, lucky! I wish <laughs> I had smart. one of those. I thought yeah. about adding that to my car. Oh, it's so great, dude! It's so great if you have back history. I have a low back issues you know and like turn that bad boy on and you're you're good good to go i absolutely love it now we have had a week off i was in houston i went to the texans Chiefs game turned out to be a much better game than i expected it to be (laughs) yeah for real much like the cowboys game like i don't know maybe they're just playing better i can't tell katie went and uh you know, built a snowman in Colorado. I did. I went snowmobiling and fell that's off cool. the snowmobile oh, into the powder. Cool. That's lot. And pretty that's much cool. had to swim out of the snow because it was as tall as I was. <laughs> so that was an experience, to say the least. I got up to 60 miles per hour, guys. On, that's wild. Right? 
I'm like, who knew I like to cheat death? It's <laughs> fairly a thing. Like fun. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's great. Just make sure you're going sixty where you there's powder to fall into, not next to a bunch of trees <laughs> or off rocks. the mountaintop. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I too like to live dangerously. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> But it was a nice week off. And FYI, just programming note, New Year's Eve, we will be off. We are coming back anew at the start of the year, the Saturday of, I guess it would be the 7th, right? Calendars. Am I, sure. right. am I doing things? Am I mathing? Uh, you know is that's my correct. math mathing? Yep. Math is mathing. It's, Sounds it's solid seven. to me. That's what my phone says. So, no, no New Year's Eve. Because, you know, we're degenerates and this show is called The Hangover for a reason. <laughs> yeah, that would be... We, we start early. Impossible. <laughs> I mean, I'm New Year's eve New Year's Eve, so... <laughs> yeah. I'm going to make it a whole thing. But there is so much going on this weekend that I, I felt, you know, as a parting Christmas gift, we come in one more time to bring you everything that is going on around the world of sports and of course the biggest thing today around the world of sports is the fact that your Dallas Cowboys are playing as hey, always hey. because we are the home of the Dallas Cowboys. You can catch that game right here starting at 2:30 today. That's right, the Cowboys play today against the Philadelphia Eagles. They sit 3 games back of the Eagles with 3 games to play. No Jalen Hurts in today's game. Garner Minshew takes the start. There is also rumblings that he could miss next week's game as well. Mm -hmm. So we'll delve into the importance of this game coming up. Also, we just found out, according to NFL Network's Ian Rappaport, that Micah Parsons and Trayvon Diggs, who have been battling illness all week, very loose term there, illness. Yeah. In this day and age, we just, yeah. it's illness, man. You yeah. don't want to designate it. Yeah. <laughs> but they are both likely to play and trending towards starting against the Eagles after dealing with illness all week. So the Cowboys' two best defenders and pro bowlers, Micah Parsons and Trayvon Diggs, both set to play while Jalen Hurts is out. How does that affect today's game? What are we looking for? Is there anything to look for? Talked about the Pro Bowlers, Tony Pollard. Among those Pro Bowlers, Jack Thompson, you are wearing Ezekiel Elliott shirt. Yes, sir. RB2 is a Pro Bowler and RB1 isn't. Help uh, me make sense of that. It's just stats. Yeah. Oh, it's the stats? Yeah, it just comes down to the stats. And I mean, shouldn't you the watch... stats say that RB2 should be RB1 and RB1 should be RB2? I think they're both RB1. I mean, it's just dependent on the down and distance situation. Zeke is only ever in there to get five yards at the maximum while you're putting TP in and there. And block. Yeah, and block. Yeah, and block. But you're putting TP in there to, you know, literally be able to score from anywhere on the field. So it's just different game plans for different different players. I think all the you don't the stats like to the naked eye might not say it, but Zeke I feel like has had a pretty dang good year. For sure. I mean, I think he's had a phenomenal year. Over the if past, we're being honest. yeah, over the past like six games, Zeke probably has eight touchdowns. So yeah, he scored in at least every single. Yeah, game. Zeke has had a phenomenal year. I mean, if you just looked blindly at the stats, you'd be like, ah, it's kind of a down year for him. But when we need Actually, Zeke, I think it's an up year. It, yeah, I guess in terms of like last year, 
But, like, I'm saying, like, he hasn't been over 70 yards in a game in maybe but two or three this year. Sure. When we're used to, you know, young Zeke getting 100-plus mm-hmm. every game of the season. So, if you just look at it like that, but I think I love the way Zeke's been playing. He's still money in the red zone. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's as good in the red zone yeah. as anyone, yeah. for sure. So. And, that, like you said, his pass blocking is fantastic. So, I mean, one had to make the Pro Bowl, and TP makes the more exciting, yes. phenomenal plays. So, And he has the second most all-purpose yards. Yeah, in... he's been phenomenal. The second half of the season, he's been incredible. Speaking of which, though, there is, I think, a very notice- noticeable snub when you're talking about Pro Bowlers on the NFC side of things. And that is the person with the most all-purpose yards in the NFC or in the NFL. That being one, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, it's a pretty wild snub. You know, he's. I read where he's fifth in the NFL with 1,550 yards from scrimmage. Mm-hmm. So, like, maybe there's just... And also, not only that, he just transferred from the Panthers over the 49ers. Like, maybe that had something to do with it. But then he also has, like, kind of transformed the 49ers offense. So, well, I don't know. It's not kind of. Like, yeah. Right? So, that's what I mean. Like... It's, I feel like this is a little more subjective than just stats, you know, and maybe they're missing some of that subjectivity. He also ran for, caught one, and threw a touchdown in <laughs> yes, one game did. this year. Yeah. So I think that alone puts you on the Pro Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> Considering I'm, only one player ever besides him has done that. I can't think yeah. of a running back in football right now that I would least like to face. Mm. Yeah, I guess. I mean, Derrick Henry honestly, would be kind of up there, but even he doesn't scare me as much as Christian McCaffrey because of the offense that he's in. Honestly, well, for one, RBs haven't been amazing this year. No RB has been absolutely like, wow, look at this guy. But like an Begi- yeah, beginning of the season, I would not have wanted to face Nick Chubb. That dude has been a monster. I would say right now. I think Josh Jacobs is Yeah, I was going to say Josh Jacobs right now is probably the one guy you don't want to face the, the Derek least. Henry is obviously that dude. You could also, I mean, throw, throw Tony Pollard in there. I don't think a lot of teams are very antsy to face Tony Pollard. TP, so. Saquon Barkley's been a revelation this year. Looks like his old self. Yeah, Ramon J. Stevenson's been pretty dang good. He has. But in terms of imposing fear on a defense's game plan, yeah, I it's mean, Derek Henry and Christian McCaffrey, and that's the list. Eckler, when you're talking about fear. Eckler's pretty, pretty scary to game plans, too. He catches a lot of passes. Mm-hmm. Another snub was Tua. Yeah. Was he? I think people were expecting him to be involved. I I get ex, ex, he's tapered expectations, off hard. but yeah, the last few weeks, a he's tapered off. B, I'm not so sure that. I don't know who you're taking off for Tua in that QB room. For exactly. The yeah. Like I don't I don't see a QB that I'm removing to put Tua in. Yeah. Definitely not. I definitely think Tyler Lockett should have been a Pro Bowl. He's had a fantastic year. I can understand that logic. 
Like I, I can get my He's been head so to good wrap around it because he is an unknown name playing for an unknown team for the most part, who's yeah. not getting a lot of publicity outside of wow, Geno Smith's a lot better than we thought he'd be. Yeah. And I, most people when they think of the 49ers and receiving, they think of DK Metcalf. But Tyler Lockett's been he's been so good. This year. Yeah, he's been so good. But I mean, Pro but, Bowl snubs again, are always fun. Yeah, and you, who you taking off is always like. Well, also we're gonna see people drop out of this thing at some point. Oh yeah, whether it's because they're teams that are actually in the Super Bowl and again need to be replaced, or people that after the season ends decides, hey, I've got to get surgery on something and I want my vacation and don't want to go to Las Vegas, so. It's going to be interesting to kind of see how this plays out. Plus, this is going to be weird because this is the first year where the Pro Bowl is not going to include like a game game. Yeah, it's tackle or it's flag football. It's a flag football game along with just a whole bunch of skills competitions. So it's going to be funny how that kind of plays into it. And speaking of the Cowboys, Jerry Jones in the news yet again. If you remember a few months ago, there was a woman that claimed that she was his daughter. And there was an an Arkansas travel agent that he had an affair with, and he had been paying them money on the side and lump sums uh, basically monthly and giving big amounts to on certain year marker birthdays. Well, it's been tied up in in litigation for a little bit, and last night we found out that that judge went ahead and ordered a paternity suit. We might have another member of the triumphant up there with uh, Stephen and Jerry Jr. We might have a new person in charge of the Cowboys. We might. <laughs> like, nothing would shock me in this case. If it was completely fabricated and this woman was just looking for notoriety and money because as far as I know, she is a part of some reality TV show. Uh, yeah. Of course. So Why that, would they just now do a paternity test? That's the question. Yeah, like, if, that if, would be my first order of business. If he's been paying her, yeah. like that's kind of weird. Yeah. Kind of dumb. So Super sus. Like, that yeah. would not shock me. Also, would not shock me if this was completely true. And Jerry Jones was actually had a kid in secret back in the nineties. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me either it's at also all. Very possible. Yeah, so, but this... like, first things first, a freaking paternity test before you start dishing out all the money. Even like if it's on your own on the side. Well, allegedly, he's right. been paying this. I don't. I don't think there are actual documents to back this thing up. When you're paying hush money, it's not like you keep it on the books. Maybe he's like, this is Facts. my charity case first. <laughs> like, like I said, I neither case. side of this argument would shock me because yeah. Jerry Jones. <laughs> this guy. But this money can get you out of a lot. But it is everything. comical, and Jura feels like he's on an episode of Maury. <laughs> yeah, Jerry Springer. Jerry Springer or Jerry Jones? What, what are we talking about here? I'm talking about Jerry Jones on Jerry Springer. Yeah. He's <laughs> a perfect fit. I'd love, I'd love to see that. We've got so much to talk about. It's no fun if you aren't involved. 656 ESPN. That is 210-656-3776 on the Kielbasa Smoke Meats phone lines. We're going to come back. We are going to break down tonight to this afternoon's game between 
the Cowboys, and Eagles. No Jalen, what's that mean? Does this game mean anything? Would any outcome affect your perception of the Dallas Cowboys this season? We'll discuss next right here on the Saturday Morning Hangover on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM and SASportsStar.com. Hi, this is Paul Feinbaum. Join me and Let's Talk SEC weekday afternoons at 2. San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 1250. Welcome back into the Saturday Morning Hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM. SASportsStar.com. I'm James Pleasure, joined by Jack Thompson yeah, yeah, and Katie yeah. Goodman. Guys, the Dallas Cowboys play today at 2.30, so if you were waiting for a Sunday game, surprise! Get your plans in order. Yeah. 2.30 right here on San Antonio Sports Star, brought to you by Ewald Kubota, AA Best Bail Bonds, and Jesse Hernandez, the flying Texas chancla. So, Cowboys... They're going to have Parsons and, and Trayvon after dealing with illness all week, it looks like. Mm-hmm. Eagles, without Jalen Hurts, their MVP candidate quarterback, Gardner Minshew's filling in. W- what Has your opinion on this game changed? Um, Not necessarily because of all that, but just because we fumbled the bag last week. It's not 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 as meaningful for sure. I mean, we can't really get that number one spot. So of course you I mean, want to go three games in. back, three to play. You can. Yeah, it's extreme. I don't expect the Eagles to drop all three though. Hurts isn't supposed to play next week either. Yeah, but I feel like if we can go on and do pretty well with Cooper Rush, the Eagles can follow suit and do the same with Gardner Minshew. So. I mean, you want to go in and win, for sure. You want to, you know, get that momentum rolling into the playoffs. And I think it's more about that than really, you know, beating the Eagles. I think it'd be the same no matter who is in front of us this week. Now that we have much more of a long shot chance to go and take that first seed. The um, Eagles have only allowed 293.5 yards total. That's second best in the league. So, like, I don't know. I, I feel like their defense is doing well. So, like, obviously defense wins championships. You know, it's not all dependent on Hurts. Mm-hmm. So, like, if they can just kind of continue doing their thing, you know, I think obviously Cowboys – well, I think Cowboys have an advantage in this one. But, again, they are so they can be so unpredictable. I don't <laughs> put my can. money on them ever, even and though they're having a better season. Jack, I'm you mentioned saying. the fact that the Cowboys would like to have momentum and, mm-hmm. and make a statement going into the playoffs. Yeah. Dak Prescott talked about that this week. If anything, it's about making a statement to ourselves. Um, just about, uh, as you look in the season, we've had some games where we played really well, and then we've had some games where we've, we've bit ourselves in the foot and had some games where we didn't and we lost. So, um, yeah, this is about putting our best foot forward, putting our best effort out there, uh, and proving it to ourselves in all three phases that uh, we're a hell of a team and we can go get it done against one of the best teams in the league, whether they're in our division or not. Dak Prescott earlier this week talking about the statement that they would like to make, but there is also the thought process of play these guys three times in one year, this close to the playoffs, do you want to show them a game plan that would be a quote-unquote winning game plan, and therefore, like a lot of times we've seen at the end of the year between these two teams, 
where you're just, you know, Dak starts, Zeke starts, but they play like one series come out and all of a sudden vanilla game plan the rest of the way. I mean, we've seen that the last couple of years at the end of the season between these two teams. And there is the possibility they could do that again. Yeah, I mean, maybe. But I think our game plan is, you know, everyone kind of knows what it is. We're going to, you know, we're gonna punch you in the mouth with the run game and we're going to keep doing it all, all game long. And, you know, we're going to kind of flip that into some play action and shots across the middle throughout the, the evening. But... Our game plan is we're trying to run it down your throat with TP and Zeke. So you can only, you know, there's only so much to show with that. We're just running it. So I feel like we're not really going to pull any punches here. We're going to give them what we got. Yeah, I mean, I think Doc will probably, you know, throw a pick or two, but I think he's going to get the yards that he needs just because he's done so. 240 yards and six of seven, I think. It's pretty good, you know, like, and I know people are talking a lot about uh, all his turnovers and his issues and whatnot, mm-hmm. but I mean, I, I think he'll be all right, especially since, I don't know, our offense has been okay. And Dak talked about those turnover issues earlier this week and whether it's really an issue. Not to, to brag, but I'm pretty mentally tough. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't, if I, I'm... If outside, I wouldn't worry about that for one second with me. Um, and if I'm not, I'm for sure not hesitant or uh, scared to say that, hey, that, that I'm struggling a little bit. Um, so um, when, when something like that's happening, uh, it's about just knowing who you are, uh, continuing to double down on that, staying focused, understanding that, yes, yeah, some, some things are out of your control, but I'm in charge of my attitude, the, the work ethic that I put in, um, the way that I respond, and that that's all I'm doing each and every day when I wake up is uh, just trying to get better. And, uh, yeah, when you're in a... A rut, I guess you can call you can call this as I've talked about, whether one way or another the other team's getting their hands on the balls. Um, I can't allow that to, to change the way that I'm playing this game. What In else? a rut. This is the most turnovers he's had in a season to this point through the amount of games that he's played. I mean, what else is he supposed to say to that? You know, like, oh, I'm going to, like, roll over and, you know, just give No, it. You I, know, like, I think he answered it, like, politically correct in the way that he should i'm strong you know he's gonna answer everything politically that's correct. Dak. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. Dak. yeah he's not gonna say anything wrong but, but the biggest thing i took away from is he did acknowledge that he's, in, he's a in a rut yeah yeah also like just fair. i would vouch for what he said tell me another qb that's you know been through some of the things that dak has been through in the past two years that Whether man he's is not getting paid whether he's dealt with the injury, his brother, his brother committing suicide, like he's dealt with so much. So yeah, I would completely vouch for that. That man is mentally tough. He is mentally tough. Yeah, but do the interceptions and the fact that he does openly admit now that he is in a rut of sorts when it comes to the turnovers. Yeah, I that, mean, is that a concern as we inch closer to the play? We're yeah, three weeks away now. It's certainly a concern, and for him to say it's a rut. Like, yeah, he's in a rut, but it falls down to just, like, consistency for me. Like, I'll watch Dak throughout the game, and I'll be throwing dart, throwing dart, throwing dart, and then a play will break down, and he goes into this, like, Superman mode. Like, I've been throwing darts. Let me try and hit another one. And then aired pass, it's tipped because it's too high or too low, and then it's picked. And it's just, you know, Dak's got to realize, like, sometimes the Superman move is I'll take the sack. 
or I'll throw it away. Like you don't have to yeah. force the issue every time something breaks down. Just, you know, live to fight another day. And to be fair, that pass to Noah Brown, the pick that was six a perfect that pass. It, the perfect I'm not pass. talking about that. I'm pass not at either. All. Yeah. But that was a perfect pass. That was I'm a perfectly the, placed ball. The Schultz one is what I'm talking about, yeah. where he's ripping him off the back and he's throwing it five feet over Schultz's head. And I'm Hang like, gets hit. Just chill for a second. You know, run out, take three yards and slide instead of, you know, the first down and. It's a pick. Chunk that ball out of bounds. Yeah. Just, You're outside the pocket. Sometimes the best play is no play. Like, just yeah. next down mentality instead of, i got to do it right now. And this is a shift in Dak Prescott, the Superman play to always feel compelled to make a play, right? Because what was the knock on him before? He was not uh, aggressive Jason, enough. Yeah. Jason Garrett, you know, if it ain't there, check it down. Yeah. Take what's given to you. That was Dak Prescott's... Mo and it's it's funny because when that was Dak, we were clamoring for him to be this guy, like go try and make the play. And now he's trying to do it, and we're like, whoa, 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 calm down. Like, well, and like honestly. he kind of did the same thing with the Jags in that last play, ended up throwing it out of bounds. But that's also because Ceedee Lamb had three guys. Yeah, he on was him, just so triple like, bracketed. Yeah, so that's like, more on the did... play call though than anything. Yeah. I think. but you look at at all of these things. I think it's a combination, like, because we wanted him to be more aggressive. Whoa, you're being way too aggressive. I think there's a fine line of knowing game situation, when to be aggressive versus mm -hmm. when to throttle it back, yeah, yeah. right? Completely. Like, it comes down to circumstance, clock, time. Like, all of these things make a difference in terms of your aggressiveness, I would yeah. think. Oh, right. yeah. The, the the small improvisational part of football, it's like mastering that because everything else is so planned and you know articulate that it's like the few times that you do have that moment of having to improvise, that's where it's probably hard for these guys. And that's what sets the you know good teams away from the great teams. Right. That's why now, Patrick Mahomes is so highly regarded because it doesn't matter when it is where it is he does know when to eat it he can do it yeah and he knows when to not do it so do you think it's possible for Dak to develop like that this no. late you know i feel like that's like i a... think it's possible His for him to develop to that but in season this late no uh, i mean i think Dak is kind of set in who he is as a quarterback at this point i think he can certainly become more consistent like mentally and know when to you know what, let me just tuck and take, you know, two yards. I think he can of, find that line. Yeah. I don't think it's this season. No, no, no. And I, is that a is that an issue for you? Like, as it pertains to this season with this defense, with this coaching staff, with a open NFC and a chance to make a Super Bowl? I think, like you said, we have a fantastic shot to go make a run. And uh, I'm not entirely too worried about Dak being the problem that keeps us away from that because mm -hmm. I think Dak can rise to the occasion because you know like he's very mentally tough and he's ready to do it it's just not forcing the issue as much it's there's other things that have me more worried than Dak's play that would keep us out of that Super Bowl run whether that be Mm -hmm. The opposite side of the field from Trey Diggs or how horrific our run defense can be. I think those are two much bigger factors 
then uh, how Dak's play will lead us astray. Last thing before we move on, Gardner Minshew and the Eagles. Gardner Minshew is a good quarterback. Yeah, Gardner. He solid. is a solid quarterback. I would, in terms of confidence level, I feel better about Gardner Minshew being the quarterback of a team and leading me forward than I did Cooper Rush. Yeah, right. I mean, Gardner Minshew. I think I heard that he has like a forty-four to eleven uh, pick to touchdown ratio, and that's as good as anybody from his draft class. And there's some pretty good quarterbacks in there. So there are. He's he can definitely sling the rock. The thing is about Gardner, he's gonna put it in harm's way a little bit. So Trey Diggs, he's got some opportunities to go make plays. Hopefully we can get more pressures and some sacks in this game because Gardner does hold on to the ball sometimes and likes to make plays, but he can also run it. So, of course, not like Hertz can, but he's got some wheels to him. So, be interesting to see Gardner play. I mean, I was on on teetering on the fence of when they got Gardner Minshew, was that going to be, you know, the end of Hurts? Because he hadn't developed like he had at that point. Like mm-hmm. he has now at that point. So, yeah, Gardner can definitely come in and do some damage. And that quarterback class includes Kyler Murray, Daniel Jones, Dwayne Haskins, rest in peace, Drew Locke, Will Greer, Ryan Finley, Jarrett Stidham, Eason Stick, Clayton Thorson, Gardner Minshew, Trace McSorley. I mean, you could put Gardner at three in that class. Yeah. From where he was drafted. Like, he's... He's maybe, behind Kyler and Daniel Jones. Maybe, maybe in front of both of them. Not, I don't know about Kyler, but if if, if Gardner had as much run as Daniel Jones, I think we would he would be ahead. I him. think if he had as much run as Kyler, you could make an argument. Maybe, yeah, maybe. I mean, he did a lot with a very underwhelming Jacksonville team. He did, yeah, <laughs> he definitely did. He is Jack Thompson. She is Katie Goodman. I'm James Pledger. Tomorrow, the NBA season unofficially kicks off. Yep. Where do we stand to this point as people just kind of start turning their attention to the NBA on Christmas Day? We'll let you know. Spoiler alert. Spurs. We'll talk about it right here on the Saturday Morning Hangover on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM and SASportsStar.com. Texas Rangers baseball plays here. San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 1250. Welcome back to the Saturday Morning Hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM, SASportsStar.com. I am James Pledger. You can follow me on Twitter at IamPledger. Joined, as always, by Jack Thompson. Of course, he is at Jack underscore Thompson 33. And Katie Goodman, who is at I'm Katie Goodman. Give us a follow on Twitter, of course. Always follow the station, SA Sports Star. Guys, the unofficial start to the NBA season happens. I know Jack's been locked in ever since it started, and some people have been, but for most people, it is a passing fancy until Christmas Day. You guys remember when it was actually like considered disrespect that the Spurs didn't play on Christmas Day, or if they did, it was a road game? Sure. <laughs> well, back, back in their title years. Oh. So long ago. Well, they're playing on New Year's Eve this year, so maybe that counts for something. <laughs> Does it? Maybe. I guess. Will people be there? <laughs> but uh, Christmas Eve, 
tomorrow, Christmas Day, the unofficial start to the NBA season. Got a bunch of great games. We're actually going to have a couple of those games for you right here on San Antonio Sports Star with a doubleheader starting at 3.30 at 4 o'clock. The Celtics and Bucks tip off. That's going to be a phenomenal game. And that is followed quickly by John Morant and the Grizzlies who take on the Stephless Warriors who are struggling currently in the NBA. But that being said, we'll start off right off the top with the San Antonio Spurs, who, according to their offseason moves, everything's going according as planned, right? They're a bottom oh, yeah. four team in, in the NBA when it comes to record, which means you have a chance at Victor Wimbiama. Oh, yeah, everything is going fantastic right now. Katie, you don't look like everything's going fantastic. I mean, it's been a beautiful season. You know, I'm at this point. I've accepted it. Right, it's part of the grieving cycle. Just reach the acceptance. <laughs> acceptance phase is part of it. But also, like Keldon Johnson is putting up some crazy numbers, just yeah. visually. Like you have to, like you have to pull the positives where you can. This, and right? I'm excited about things. What yeah. we've, me and Pledge have been saying for years. <laughs> You look incremental, at the little positives. Incremental growth <laughs> while we maintain the sight for the future. And like, Devin's playing well, too. Devin has long, better long-term trajectory than Keldon Johnson. Like My only fear, and this irks me, the fact that Devin Vassell will miss a game or two because of knee soreness. Yes. And then he comes off the bench in limited minutes before going back into the starting lineup and coming out with knees. Like, if he's really dealing with knee soreness, sit him for a while. Shut him down. Yeah. Like, I don't want to jeopardize Devin Vassell's future unless this is just part of a master plan. Which and is, then I see I what you're doing. I completely assume what it is. Because he'll come back in and, like, 15 minutes off the bench, he has, like, 27 points. Like, yeah, this guy's <laughs> knee's really hurting. Right. <laughs> I feel like half the team has, you know, injuries, quote-unquote. Oh, they do. Right? But also, I... Jakob's been dealing I, well, with I stuff. I believe it, also. Like, I don't... Like, a lot of people are like, oh, they're just, you know, they're supposedly nah, injuries. I, but, like, imagine, like, having to play at 110% every single time, you know, I, because yeah. you're making up for, like, you know, those pockets yeah. within the team that aren't as strong as they used to be. Yeah, and also, you look at Devin and Keldon, like, yes, last year they played a lot, but... They were not the guy. Now they're the guy. And the year yeah. before that, like they there were two guys and they were further behind. So yeah, it's just been you know, season after season of more strain, more minutes, more time with the rock in their hands. So yeah, you're gonna be a little sore yeah. for sure. But everything's going according and, to But play. everyone yeah. Oh yeah, it's going swimmingly. The only thing that has thrown a wrench in the system is the freaking Pistons decide to Talking shut down. Decide and it's because they decide to shut down Cade like twenty games into the season. He's like, ah, he's done. He's done for the year. But Jaden Ivy. Yeah, well, Jaden's gonna put up numbers, but he ain't gonna be enough for them to win. Those blasted Pistons. Just race to the bottom, baby. Go on another one of those sixteen of seventeen weeks. That was. I loved that. <laughs> I love that. Now, are there any surprises to either of y'all so far early in this NBA season? Um, surprises? Like, I will go first. The Utah Jazz. 
Oh yeah, they are a much, the Utah Jazz much better team are than I a gave surprise. them credit for. There's no doubt about that. And you know, even on just... top of that, our man Lowry has been putting up straight numbers. Oh my god, I wanted him Lowry so bad here in San Antonio. So good, yeah, he's been putting up straight digits out there. Um, Sacramento, another team that okay. has been surprisingly good. I mean, Sabonis has had like. Three twenty and twenty games already this year. A team I have not been paying attention. No, I haven't. To, I don't think I've watched them once, but they seem to be winning quite a bit. Yeah. So Sacramento, props to you. The Knicks have turned a slight corner with the addition of Jalen Brunson. Mm-hmm. I will admit that. That's and they a, started slow, so yeah, they're going to pick it up more and more. Um, I would not say too much of a surprise because they bring out they brought in a fantastic player but cleveland yeah that team is legit and remember yeah. they, the thing we knew about them last year is they were big yeah oh yeah they were oh they were even bigger last year they were lowry was playing the starting three yeah. last year so yeah but between jared allen and mobley mm-hmm. two seven footers hanging down and holding it down in the paint that can switch and then you've got two of the most dynamic guards in the league, probably the best guard tandem in the league with Spida and Darius Garland. Mm-hmm. They're they're a piece like they're a lockdown piece, I think, and maybe some bench guys, but mm-hmm. that's easy to come come by from a championship. I think like that team is at like got a sh- extremely high trajectory. Are y'all surprised with everything that went on this off season with Ime Udoka? that the Celtics have just kind of consistently stayed exactly where they were? No, because even last year they had the deepest and best roster in the NBA, Mm -hmm. and then they bring in Malcolm Brogdon. Like, no, I'm not surprised by that at all. And they've been so good, and Robert Williams is just starting to play. So. And Al Horford isn't even playing yet, I don't think. So they're just going to get better. Oh, he got an extension. Yeah. (laughs) They're just going to keep getting better and better. Yeah, the, the Cs are... Fantastic, and JT is looking like the an MVP. Yeah, so. the Celtics and Bucks game is going to be my game to watch. It's oh. going to be like, so great. Yeah, that's going to feel like a final, probably. You know, it's like, going to feel like the Eastern Conference. It's crazy. Yeah, I think one and two. And the East was their last matchup. The East is better than the West right now. I agree with that. The East is like uh, up top: Boston, Milwaukee, Cleveland, Brooklyn, Philly, and then you go. Denver, Memphis, New Orleans, Phoenix, L.A., Clippers. I'm glad you brought up the West. I think the East is better than the West for sure. I'm glad you brought up the West, though, because holy crap. Is Nikola Jokic going to win his third straight MVP? He might, man. He he really might. Um, I mean... JT definitely will have something to say sure. about it at the end, and so will Giannis. But what I've seen, this man is just, I don't think it's possible for him not to be the front runner right just, now. Yeah, the things that that dude does on the court is, it's just ridiculous. I, I don't know what else to say more about it. The it's, the way he bends the game to his will, in all facets. He had a fifty twenty triple double the other night. Yeah. Just, just it's, and now he's the all-time leader in big man triple doubles. Like, 
This man, he's he is ridiculous. He blows my absolute mind. Yeah, and it is good to see them but the, and Memphis atop the West because yeah. a Ja Morant is just so much fun. He is his the comment, most exciting player in his the league. comment to Malika Andrews oh, yeah. about. I'm good with that. I'm. Does anybody really scary? And he's talking about you the, know. Yeah, the West, the, the like, East, and he's like, "What about anybody in the West?" And he's like, "Nah, I got, nah, I got the West. I got <laughs> them." Like, I love that. Yeah, but he is. Denver's going to be a problem in the West, I think, because a Nikola Jokic, but b they have a guard. They have a point guard again. Well, the, it, him Porter, like they're healthy. Like this triumvirate, this mm-hmm. threesome and foursome. If you want to include Aaron Gordon, like. We have not seen it no, in its haven't. full capacity, and we were wondering what it could possibly be. And right now, it's nice. <laughs> it looks really, really yeah. good. I mean, last night Jamal Murray had twenty-five points, twelve assists, eight rebounds. Like, if that man can start getting back to what we saw him at the bubble when he looked as good as Donovan Mitchell, mm-hmm. and they were exchanging forty-point games, it's going to be scary hours in the West. Because I don't know who's going to be able to compete with that. Because the Suns have severely fallen off. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's up with them. They are so beatable, it's crazy. Yeah. I think it's... it's dude, Chris Paul, washed. It's, it's He's washed It's now. A, Chris Paul washed. B... The Aiton, like they it's can't. It's the Aiton thing, it's man. Just, it's the Aiton Monty Williams thing. Yeah. Why did you even match that I, offer sheet? No, it's just not working, so... That's falling apart. But we apart. knew it wasn't. Yeah. They, oh, we knew it wasn't. They thought they could fix it. But, uh, yeah, they knew that it wasn't. Um, so, Warriors are done. Oh, At done, least done. Done, yeah. Uh, Memphis, while they're good, I don't think they have the star power and, like, just... Is there a move they could make, though? I, I don't know. I don't know if they want to break up. I think you got to bring in someone free agent wise cuz i don't know if i want to break up what they have unless i don't know i have to i'd have to look at that deeper the clippers with Kawhi emerging and playing more mm-hmm. they stand a chance to maybe dc dethrone denver but that's a long shot the dark horse for the west and hear me out is new orleans yeah 100% that team is so tough with zion playing CJ. 100% and CJ just gave us 40. B.I.? Yeah. And, yeah. CJ, B.I., and Zion are Herb about Jones. as tough as it gets as a trio. And then Herb Jones, Alvarado, you got... Uh, Valanchunas. Big Val. Like, that's a deep, very tough team. Would not want to play them. So, it's Denver and Phoenix for me in the West. I Coming mean, up. Here on the Saturday morning hangover, a little bit later, we're going to get back into the NBA, talk about Chicago and Atlanta burning down Trey Young, Trey Rumors. <laughs> Would you want him if you're San Antonio? I don't know, but no. did we send DeJounte as a plug to burn Atlanta to the ground? Because those picks in the future are looking a lot better now. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about that later in the show, but coming up next, guys, it's been a hot minute since we've been on. The world's game has come to its conclusion Do we have the goat of all goats in the sport? We'll discuss it next right here on the Saturday Morning Hangover on San Antonio Sports Star, 941 FM and SASportsStar.com. 
We're ready for some football, baby. This Thursday, downtown San Antonio will be alive with the Alamo Bowl. It's the 20th-ranked Longhorns and the 12th-ranked Washington Huskies. 8 p.m. this Thursday. Hear all the action live on 102.7 Jack FM. Presented by Ewok Kubota and Bud Light. Stay in the know with San Antonio Sports Star. ESPN AM 1250 and 94.1 FM on Facebook, Twitter, Tinder, and Instagram. Welcome back into the Saturday Morning Hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM, SASportsStar.com. I'm James Pledger, joined by Jack Thompson and Katie Goodman. Good Christmas Eve to everyone out there, and I hope everyone has a happy holidays. Thanks for joining us this morning. The World's Game came to a conclusion, well, it was kicking off right about this time, a week ago today, or a week ago tomorrow, but we have a champion. Argentina beats France in an epic game in which Argentina jumps out 2-0 early, thinking it's over as I'm at the tailgate watching this. And then Mbappe and France come back. Dude, best player in the game. It's not even close. 2-0 is the worst lead in soccer. I was sitting there watching this, streaming it in the airport, updating everyone as I was like checking my bag. And I was like, "Uh uh-uh. I have a feeling 2-0 is the worst. But I was not expecting Mbappe to score two goals in a minute and a half span. That's insane. And then to go in and get another, making him, I think, the second man to score a hat-trick in a final. Third, if you include Carly Lloyd. And, like, just pure insanity. And then also to take home a PK, like... My goodness, like that man, he is projected to beat Messi as the GOAT because he's only 23. Mm-hmm. Messi is kind of, I want to say on his way out. He's I, on his he, way out. He might, he might have another World Cup, but it's not going to be like this one, you know? So, I don't know. I mean, it, it was insane. I, I think everyone in every sport can agree that that was one of the best finals for, for just sports in general. It was fantastic. Yeah. I feel oh, like yeah. it, it was Filled with drama. one of those games that, bring other sports goers to the game. You know, like I mean six goals in a in a match that's plus what you want. PKs. That's entertainment right there. Yeah. Yeah. Like you fantastic. couldn't have scripted it better. No. And, and then leaving it to Messi to like bring him back into the game and like just to like oh speaking of Messi. Off. He is considered one of the goats of the sport much like, you know, in tennis it's it's Federer, it's Nadal, it's Djokovic. He is one of them with, you know, you talk about Cristiano Ronaldo, Diego Maradona, David Beckham, like one of the goats of the sport. Yeah, I mean, Ronaldo's not even close. Does this solidify him as the goat yeah. of the sport? In- this is all he was missing on his resume. Yeah. So. And But even then, if you look at, like, him versus Maradona, right, it was a very different time. Maradona... Kind of like introduce the idea of just like cheating. adding a add well cheating, but <laughs> adding a little bit of like entertainment to the game. You know, yeah. he'd do fancy tricks and and whatnot. You can't really do that now because the game has changed so much. But like, if you look at Messi's resume, it's insane, man. And he actually like he is leaps and bounds better than Maradona when it comes to stats on paper. But again, it was just a different time. And, and Maradona is held in such high esteem because of what he brought to the game. He brought a culture change to the game, you know, mm-hmm. whereas Messi has just showed up with stats and just, I mean, but also his ability to pass. I mean, everybody he talks has about flair his, too. His, yeah, everybody talks about how he can score whatever, but like nobody can mark that man. I mean, he, his, he got an assist. Because he beat the quote-unquote best defender 
in the World Cup. You know, like th- this guy is almost untouchable. Like His ball skills are incredible. In the semi, I believe it was the semifinals. I'm pretty sure he had a handball, but the ref was like, "Nah, it's messy. We're gonna we're gonna take that one back." Like you know, like even the refs respect him. You know, everybody. They were just trying him. to put him on the same playing field as Maradona. It's like those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, we need to help him out here because. It's like those videos it. of Michael Jordan when he's talking to the refs, and the refs like, "I believe you, Mike. I believe you. Like <laughs> that was my bad." You. Like, it's like, there's no way Messi touched that with his hand. Yeah, even though the replay clearly showed that it did. And you could even see the other player's face. He's like, really? He said it. You could see him mouth it. He said, it's because it's Messi. Like, <laughs> like the, so, yeah. I ain't calling that on Messi. It was he could just grab it. a phenomenal yeah. end to a really, really good World Cup. And, you know, of course, the U.S. has at least a, a base to build upon after this World Cup, it feels like. Right, and I think that new like VAR review of the offsides calls, the mm-hmm. little avatar people and <laughs> people's kneecaps, pinky fingers, and butt cheeks keeping people on and offsides <laughs> is ridiculous. But also, I think that's why there were so many upsets and like weirdness. But also, like EA Sports totally predicted Argentina again, and that's low-key, aside from Messi... I love Messi, but I I have been cheering for Argentina since day one because, hey, EA Sports are not wrong. This makes them the fifth year in a row that they've predicted the winner of the World Cup. She is Katie Goodman. He is Jack Thompson. I'm James Pledger. You're locked into the Saturday morning hangover. Don't go anywhere because when we come back, Cowboys-Eagles, a game you can catch here on San Antonio Sports Star, we'll get you ready for it next. James Pledger. Jack Thompson. The Saturday Morning Hangover. Good morning and welcome into hour number two of this Christmas Eve edition of the Saturday Morning Hangover. I'm James Pledger, joined by Jack Thompson and Katie Goodman. What's going on, everybody? How are you doing on this fine Christmas Eve? Happy holidays to all involved, especially my my little duo here in studio with me. <laughs> well, I'm Gotta there. say... I- Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, you go. No, <laughs> go. No, no, you. No, yeah. you. See, holiday spirit everywhere. Yeah. Everybody's just being too kind. So gracious. <laughs> I was going to say, how are you feeling on your uh, fantasy playoffs today, my guy? Oh, yeah. Is uh got Sumi's. Bro, last week in my friends league, I lost by point zero six. I lost by three and change and we both lost because of the same reason that stupid brian robinson touchdown called back okay yes but terry mclaurin checked twice with that official i lost by point zero six no i'm aware that's one yard one yard from anyone on my team one more yard i'm saying we both win if because Terry McLaurin checked yes. with that official yes, yes, twice. I know, I know, I know. I know. <laughs> That's the I've one been... that irks me because, A, I would have won. B, he checked with you. Okay, listen. <laughs> I had so many chances to win. The Brian Robinson. Also, I have Dak. So Dak doesn't. The pick if, six. If Noah catches that pass, I win. If Noah doesn't catch that pass and it hits the ground, you win. Yes. <laughs> I have Aaron Jones. He fumbled. 
And did you watch that game? I did. Did I you really? They were on the one at the end of the game and went into victory. Yeah. Punch it in! It. Punch it in! God! Jack is off the rails. Man. Dude, you don't understand. Point zero six. So much money. It's one yard. I was so, oh, so God. incredibly mad. I've never been so just, like, dumbfounded Of course, by in anything. our sports star league, though, I have a commanding lead. Yeah, I mean, I have to beat Brandon, but... It should be me and you again. As it should be. Yeah. <laughs> but I've got like a 50-point head start on Joe this week in week two of the first round. Brent and I are tied, so it'll be a close up. one. Handle your business. I'll see you next week. Yep. <laughs> I gave up, stopped following my <laughs> I was like, I don't think I have the mental capacity to, to deal with it. I've got, I've got a couple other leagues that I'm still in it when. Yeah, I'm in three other playoffs. Although I'm feeling really good about my dynasty league now. Same. same. Because Trevor Lawrence is starting to look like that oh, guy nice. we all thought he was going to be. Nice. So my quarterback situation finally nailed down. Well, my only like true opponent in my dynasty league has Hurts, and he's going to be down for the next oh, two no, games. Oh, I'm, no, I'm out of it. Like I'm going to have a top pick oh, and multiple gotcha. first-round pick. Like, I rip this roster down yes, to rebuild yes, I it. Remember, yes. <laughs> and a big part of that was Najee Harris and Trevor Lawrence mm-hmm. last year. Like that was part of the rip down and rebuild. I'm hoping this year that I can score a top pick and get Bijan Robinson to really solidify. But everything else looks really good with Garrett Wilson and other picks Garrett that Wilson. I've made in my dynasty league, I'm very excited about the My future. receiving core in my dynasty league is stupid long-term. I have Waddle, Pittman, and Wilson. Nice. Yeah. Anyway, the Dallas Cowboys are playing today, and much like a dynasty league, they have a bunch of players that look like they're going to be there for a few years to kind of keep this thing together. But today, they face the Philadelphia Eagles, who lead them by three games, with three games left in the regular season. So... Division title, not off the table, right? Long shot, but... Mathematically, you're there, and they don't... Kind of hanging off yeah, the table? Yeah, there is a percentage, I suppose, that, you know, we could get it, but it's very, very slim. How important is this game now? With no Jalen Hurts, there's no real litmus test. The only importance to this game is... Health. Health, yeah, okay, health. And confidence slash momentum okay. moving forward. So, so this game is important then. Yeah, it's important in that sense. Record wise, it true it doesn't really matter because we've already clinched. So we could lose the rest of the games of the year and sure. still be in the playoffs. But you want to go in with, you know, your right foot forward and striving to be better so remember last year they kind of stumbled across the finish line yeah so you want to go in playing your best football so you want to go out and win that's you know that's where do you do either of you because a lot of people are trying to write it off right now because of the cowboys perceived struggles over the last few weeks that you know you don't need momentum just get in healthy do you believe in momentum yes absolutely sports is the ultimate momentum. Yeah, it's like 90% confidence most of the time in what you're doing. 
So yeah, it's momentum plays a huge role in it. So like imagine your offense is running seamless and then you have one game where everything is just a smidgen off, but then you carry that into the next game and then yeah. it starts getting into people's heads and oh well I can't trust him to do this because then this happened to the last you know, like there's so much that goes into it. Yeah, it's momentum plays a huge role in the game itself and the season long game and everything. It's yeah, momentum would, is huge in sports. I would feel so completely different about this Cowboys team if they would have handled the Texans and Jaguars the way that they handled the Minnesota Vikings. Right? Yeah. Like, uh, I would yeah. feel so much better about them because, A, they're peaking as we get towards the end of the season. B, you did what you should have done against teams that you should have done that against. Instead... We're looking at a near loss and a loss heading into a game that, according to a lot of people, perceptually means nothing in the grand scheme of things. So playing your best doesn't necessarily mean anything in terms of going forward. And I think that just perpetuates itself and you're running out of time to capture that momentum. Yeah, I think um, the uh, Texans game... Honestly, like, the loss last week sucked, for sure. Yes. But that was... Because the Jaguars feel like they have momentum. Yeah, that was a quote-unquote, you know, trap game. Whatever that really means. But that's a team that's been playing hot. Trevor Lawrence is finding his way. So that was was a tough out. But the Texas game honestly irked me more because... This is the literal worst team in the league. There's like no reason at all they should be in this. Does last week's game against the Chiefs make you feel better about that though? No, I think I think there's a certain level of, you know, you're going in to the Texans, how, you know, how much are you mentally locked in? Mm-hmm. And I think that happens a lot and a full season there are certain games and teams that you don't get up for the same you do for others so I think that has a little bit to do with it and I think also the Texans came off of playing us and they're like hey we can we can go out here and we can hang we can play some ball so what do we have what do we have to lose let's just go out and play so I think that has to play into it but I mean oh you know you got it I was gonna say what differentiates the best teams are how they play against the lower teams, you know? And like, if you're letting stuff like that slip by, that to me is a mentality thing, especially if you're projected to win, you have all the tools in your toolbox to win this game and you go out there and and you let it slip away. Like that for me, you know, when it comes to a playoff setting, that's the team that's probably not going to cut it when the going gets tough. That's what, that's how I perceive it. And that's with really any sport. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Great teams handle who they're supposed to handle the way they're look at the 92 dream team but there's always like i get you get one you get one of those a game you get one like oh crap we just didn't show up today like you get one of those a season but we had two back to back and there's just less games right in football. And now you're like, looking at a possible third. For, there's less room for error in yeah. football. You know, you can't, like, you can lose, 
you can win a game and that'll give you like a 60% chance in. You can lose a game and now you're at a 13% chance in. Like that's the kind of difference that one loss makes in football. But it's so happened. It's, like, it's happened to every team this sure. year. I mean, if the, it, everybody's it, had a down game, yeah, you, you get one a year where you're like, dang, like, dang it, we just didn't, we didn't show up, we didn't play our best game today, and that's for a whole multitude of factors: fatigue, injury, you know, worst team in the league. You're just looking to the next game. Like, so many things go into it. But with the Cowboys, like, we've now had two of those games. Back to back. You've had two of those games back to back, and at the same time, how confident are you moving forward in the play calling? Because while this offense seems to be, you know, much like last year, number one offense, blah, 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 right? Mm -hmm. Late against the Packers, you're make, throwing it. You make stupid plays to throw it when you're running the ball extremely well, and you give the Packers a chance to get back in it. Third Again, and 10 against third and the Jags. 10 against the you're Jags. throwing it. And even then, <laughs> McCarthy McCarthy wasn't upset with the third and 10 call, but it sounded more like on R&R &R in the morning yesterday, he was more upset with the first down call in which you didn't let time come off the clock. Yeah. So how much are you concerned with the play calling as we get to the money part of the season and the playoffs where – those are important factors in winning and losing close games. No, I mean, there will always be a certain level of concern <laughs> with the play calling when it comes to Kellen Moore. Like, this man will go... Are you At this point, are you just hoping that he gets a job somewhere else as a I head don't, coach? I don't hate <laughs> Kellen like, Moore. Fire him. No, I don't. It's, it's like Dak, like... Sudden, like your game plan is going great. We're sixty percent running it, forty percent throwing it. We get the lead, and it's like ninety percent throw it, ninety percent throw it. The rest of the game, like, what are you doing? We have three hundred yards on the ground. Run the ball. It's just Kellen Moore. Just like he gets because he he has that like. Superman mentality from a play caller, like, let me lead us into greatness. Like, I mean, but to be fair, that's what makes Andy Reid and the Chiefs great. But they're they're it's not scared because either. they have Patrick Mahomes. He's the eraser to saying, the mistake. Are you saying Dak's not Patrick Mahomes? No one is. <laughs> no one has ever been Patrick Mahomes. Like when you have a guy like that that can erase any play call because he's gonna no look shuffle pass for 30 yards to Kelsey like there's just this man plays at a different pace and speed that others do so it's different when you're trying to erase mistakes I'm gonna list three concerns and I want each of you to rank these concerns going into the postseason by level of magnitude. importance <laughs> yes magnitude taking notes let's go okay health Momentum, Dak's turnover issues, play calling. So four. Sorry, four. I want you to rank the level of importance as we move forward. Hit me, the, hit on me with it four. again. Hit okay. me with it again. Health, play calling. God, this pin doesn't work. <laughs> Do you want to throw my pin? <laughs> Health, play calling, Dak's turnover issues, and... What was the fourth one? I already forgot. Momentum. Momentum. Yeah, momentum. That's right. 
What's your level of importance? <laughs> Do I gotta get the Jeopardy music? I out? think yeah. I'll go so first. I okay. I think a health is first and foremost above yes, anything, right? Definitely because you. But if you then, lose a Dak if Prescott, if that's the case, then you would agree because we just talked about how important momentum is yes. versus health. Momentum in this is next two. Game. Momentum is momentum up is there two with for it. me. But if you lose a Dak Prescott or a Michael Parsons, Parsons or a Ceedee Lamb or a Tony Pollard, like, like things change right, right. very Dras- quickly on what your expectations of the season are. Like Cooper Rush did great earlier in the year, but your your confidence level in winning a Super Bowl has drastically cut itself yeah. more than in half. And right? while momentum is extremely important, it's a thing that can be gained and lost at the flip of a hat. But, like, so we can capture momentum back. You cannot capture health. But, momentum is my two. But also, like, you can't avoid health. Stuff no, yeah, I'm happening for sure. Right? So you have to go into it knowing that you for want sure. momentum and that health kind of sometimes comes as a secondary. Like it's not sure. like you're gonna be like, oh, everybody go concuss themselves today. No, you no, know, no. like but that's I'm the just hard saying part about level of importance. This. Like you can't, you can't affect health other than sitting everyone down. Yeah, but by sitting everyone down, you affect momentum, right? Yeah. Yeah. So right. there, there are ebbs and flows to all of this importance. It's one A and one B. It's one A, two. one B. Those two, and then I go play calling. I go turnovers, play calling. See, I go play I calling, turnovers. I think, yeah, I go play calling, then turnovers, because some of the play calling has led to the DAC turnovers. There are some of the DAC turnovers that have been, you know, receivers' faults, tip passes. Not running the correct routes, not going under the safety mm-hmm. when you're going over the safety. Like, so many things fall into that. And I think Dak has the fortitude to rectify that. Sure. Play calling is, you know, out of everyone's hands but one guy. It is not. Well, I guess I believe Dak does audible out of a lot Ma- of stuff. Dak and Mike, I believe th- Mike could get on those I comms never... and say, "Run the ball." Yeah, I guess so. I just <laughs> like never he's the get, head coach. I never get that vibe from Mike that he's doing that. To I don't Kellen, either. Though. But perceptually, yeah. as the head coach, he could. Yeah, and no, should. he could. Yeah, for sure. So that's why I put turnovers first. Because what is it we always say about football in general? Those that win the turnover battle, most of the time, win the football game. Mm -hmm. So I think turnovers are imminently more important when you get into the postseason than the play calling because I do believe outside of one or two plays, like we're nitpicking a couple of plays in a game, right? Yeah. And for the most part, we agree with the play calling because it seems to have worked to this point. Yeah, no, yeah. We, We get... Over overtaken by instances within a game mm-hmm. on the play calling. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like turnovers are a result of the play calling. Like Matt, like Ceedee Lamb, eighty-one passes for one thousand eighty-seven yards, and he's probably in his ear saying, "Get it to Ceedee, get it to Ceedee." Maybe Ceedee isn't on. Maybe that's not the move. Maybe he should run it. I don't know. You know, like because we're talking about, oh, he's not running it enough now. Well, maybe that's because they're in his ear telling them to get it to one of the best catchers in the league. You know, like. So, I don't know. That's why I put play calling yeah. over the turnovers. Okay. Like, maybe if they, they were calling the right plays, the turnovers wouldn't happen. Yeah, and, like, That's play fair. calling last week, CD was getting, you know, triple bracketed. Where were 
Where was Gallup and Schultz when we're throwing the ball? Gallup is an issue, man. I think that's play calling. What do though. you want to see out of Ty this week today? Just, uh, I want to just run some routes, get out there, maybe a couple catches, but just extend the field, draw some attention away from other people. Just little things. I don't, I'm not expecting him to. No, come. I'm not yeah. saying like seven catches for 110 no, yards and yeah. a touchdown. Maybe but, maybe he gets a deep ball, which loosens up yeah. underneath. So right? just because little things. I believe that's why they brought in yeah. Ty. Oh yeah, he Open even up said the top to relax the underneath. He said this week in an interview, he was like, "If you think you're going to come in and just press me up, man." I can still run, so good luck with that. So. He is Jack Thompson. She is Katie Goodman. I'm James Pledger. You're locked into the Saturday morning hangover. When we come back, we're going to take a look around the entirety of the NFL because there is a lot going on. Playoff spots are on the line, and some people may be done after just a year and a half in the league, at least in the city they're in. We'll let you know who coming up next right here on the Saturday Morning Hangover on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM and SASportsStar.com. This is Mike Greenberg. Let's talk the biggest stories in sports weekday mornings at 10. San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 1250. Talk dirty to me. Welcome back into the Saturday Morning Hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star. I'm James Pleasure, joined by Jack Thompson and Katie Goodman. Jack, I posed a question to you in the break, and I kind of want to know the answer for this for myself mm-hmm. more so than anything. And Katie, you as well. I'm going to pose a hypothetical for you, and this plays into our NFL talk, but it concerns the Cowboys. And, of course, you can catch tonight's game or today's game right here on San Antonio Sports Star because we are your home for the Dallas Cowboys. It's 2.30 pregame, uh, 3.25 kickoff. We're your home for the Cowboys. It is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds, Ewald Kubota, and Jesse Hernandez, the Flying Chonkla, the law offices. So, I asked you during the break, the Cowboys go into the postseason. They're locked into the five seed for the most part, right? They don't win the division. And more than likely, they have to face Tampa in Tampa. Mm-hmm. The, the team gets off to a slow start, which has kind of been a thing, if we're being honest with ourselves under Mike McCarthy. They claw back. There's a chance to win it late, and then there is just an adjustment that's not made or a black, bad call, whatever it may be, that kind of costs you the game, and you lose in Tampa in the first round. Mm-hmm. Is McCarthy done? I would say yes. Katie, do you think McCarthy's done? If things play out like that? Yeah, I can agree with that. I think. So if that's the case, do you promote Dan Quinn to head coach? Or do you give up, let's say, a first and a third to go get Sean Payton, who is rumored to have been putting a staff together with his defensive coordinator being none other than former Broncos head coach and defensive coordinator Vic Fangio? I... Like both of the options, it. Um, I mean, I I like both of them for sure. I think the team definitely loves D- Dan Quinn, so there mm-hmm. would really not be much of a fall off. It might be even just better because he may garner more respect as a whole mm-hmm. than Mike McCarthy does from the team. But then, uh, you bring in Sean Payton. Obviously, he's got 
the pedigree and the resume that come with him. As does Fangio. Yeah, but does that mean we automatically lose Dan Quinn if we bring in Sean Payton? Because I'd probably like to have Dan Quinn over Vic Fangio. Just because it, you know, maybe it's recency bias. I'm like, what have you done for me lately? Because we've seen what Dan Quinn has turned the worst defense in the league two years ago into one of the best. So I like both options. It just kind of depends on how it all plays out. And also, if we are getting Sean Payton... We're losing Kellen too, or if we bring in Dan Quinn, is Kellen all? This is a whole lot. There's a whole lot that you have to unpack, and you have to assume that if you're bringing in Sean Payton, you're it's clean house. You're cleaning house, and Sean Payton's bringing in his guys. No, right. for sure. Right. Which that's the crazy part about just being a coach in general. Mm-hmm. Like think about just like yeah. how volatile your career is. There's yeah. a lot of moving involved. Because oh, yeah. it's not just about you; it's about everyone else, your entire staff. So mm-hmm. one guy goes, you could be out too. Yes. Yeah, especially if it's the head coach. Like if the head coach gets fired, you might as well pack your bags if you're a coordinator, because ninety percent of the time they're going to get their own dudes. Yeah. But I think Dan Quinn could be. A, he's a type that had may have cemented himself. Like this guy. Like why would I get rid of him? Look at what he's done for this team already. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't have to start a new like culture set if you're like what has been set. But like there's just so done many. for that team under that head coach that he knows how to communicate and work with and listen to. You know that's why they bring in staff because it's about who they want to work with and like who they know is going to listen to them and carry out. Now, do you still want Dan Quinn if the defense continues performing the way it has? Because it has not looked like the defense we saw at the beginning of the year. They mm-hmm. have against two of the worst offensive lines in football, including one that had lost its starting tackle going into the game in Jacksonville with Cam Robinson has garnered one sack mm-hmm. over the last two games against two of the league's worst offensive lines, right? Yeah, I mean, the... Uh, and if you remember in Atlanta... Our pressure at some package point, has been terrible. At some point, Quinn's defense fell off in Atlanta. Yeah, we. I think DQ definitely needs to start dialing up more pressures and not just rushing with the straight-up D-line only. Uh, I'd love to see Micah kind of go back to playing a little bit more multiple rather than... I think he's going to have to just because of Leighton Vander Well, yeah, injury. certainly because of that. But I think for the benefit of the team also, um, Dorrance going down last game mm-hmm. definitely hurt a lot. Jonathan Hankins, I mean, that short-lived, hurts. but definitely that also hurts a lot. Hopefully... Trayvon Mullen can come in and do something at corner. Former second round pick. Yeah, a lot of lot of pedigree with him for sure. Just didn't work out. But big, big body cornerback. Mm-hmm. Like love to see him maybe come in and take that too. So we'll see. Okay, I tease this going into the break. There is a possible quarterback yes. that could be on his way out yes. after a year and a half. That quarterback being Zach Wilson. Garbage. <laughs> Hot garbage. But remember, he came out of the same draft class as did Trevor Lawrence, and Trevor Lawrence, until recently, 
just started really kind of putting it together. Bro, like that- he, he was <laughs> supposed to be this clean, can't miss prospect. Bro, right? okay, uh, yes, for sure. But he ran into having the literal worst head coach he could have possibly I had. It. I get if it. If he had Doug Peterson his rookie year, yes, this team would be in the playoffs, I bet. I bet they are in the playoffs. No, I bet they make it, but imagine if they had him last year yeah. where they would be like low key this upset is his special this year. week upset special this week coming up today at noon the texans play the titans in tennessee the team that used to call houston home by the way yeah so i think with the way the texans have played over the last two weeks and with the way the titans are playing over the last four weeks losing four straight looking awful they've lost Ryan, four straight they've lost four straight Yikes. ryan Tannehill. Out. Out for the rest of the regular season. You have Malik Willis, who Uh the last time we saw him was like week seven against the Chiefs, where he threw no passes that went to a receiver. He completed zero passes to a receiver. Mm -hmm. Now, the crux of that is... Derrick Henry owns you. He owns them going for over 200 yards (laughs) in like the last four games that he's played against It's ridiculous. (laughs) And y'all don't have DP, which is tough. Yeah, but... Brandon Cooks is active. Yeah, and <laughs> no, but the thing about that is the Titans are the worst against receivers to the perimeter. So that helps. You. That does help. So I think that the Texans upset the Titans, and I think the Jags keep winning, and that Week 17 game against the Titans for the Jags, mm-hmm. they oh, beat that's them. money. And that's... they lock into the playoffs. Yeah. And I also would love to see the Detroit Lions continue to win i would not want to play the lions they've won like six out of their last seven they're hot yeah talk about momentum yeah that team has momentum the thing is and jared goss been to a super bowl they can't stop anybody anything or anybody although dak did get booed against the lions in the first half of that game he did yes He is Jack Thompson. She is Katie Goodman. I'm James Pledger. You're listening to the Saturday Morning Hangover. Coming up next, whew, while we talked about the NBA and we'll continue to get into that, college hoops is in full swing as well. And just like Jerry Jones and his paternity test, there is some high drama in college basketball up on the 40 acres. We're going to break that down next when we come back here on the Saturday Morning Hangover. San Antonio Sports Star. 941 FM and SASportsStar.com. How about this, The Dallas Cowboys play here. Touchdown, Dallas. San Antonio Sports Star. ESPN 941 FM and AM 1250. Welcome back into the Saturday Morning Hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM, SASportsStar.com. I'm James Pledger. I am joined by Jack Thompson and Katie Goodman. You can follow us on Twitter. I am at I am Pledger. He is at Jack underscore Thompson 33. Putting them goggles on. And she is at I'm Katie Goodman. Not I am like Pledger, but I'm. <laughs> now. College basketball has been a fun place because, I mean, paying attention to the Wimby sweepstakes, Scoot Anderson, sure, but then there are guys like, you know, Nick Smith and Anthony Black. Anthony Black. Like, you've got all these players, uh, a couple of them just specifically play for Arkansas that we really like, but there are a lot of players around the league that, you know, 
are going to be in that consideration when you're talking oh, about yeah. the top five picks in the draft, which looks like the Spurs could possibly be playing it. There oh, are surprises as well. <laughs> like Purdue being a problem this year. I, that is no surprise to me. They like, have the I knew most they'd be good. dominant player I may have ever seen. But Zach Eady has turned into an issue issue. Oh, there's literally no one in the nation that can guard that man. The you big... just have to get him in foul trouble. That's the literal only way you can cancel him out. I think the biggest thing, though, revolves around the 40 acres in the University of Texas. A few weeks back, we heard about the story of Chris Beard being arrested the morning of the Rice game for felony domestic abuse, right? Mm-hmm. We didn't know what was going on. And reports started to come out that, you know, sh- strangulation of his fiance, and he was m- later that day suspended indefinitely by the program. Well, last night in a statement through her attorney, his fiance issued the statement that she was deeply saddened by the incident and said that Beard was acting in self-defense from her. Quote, Chris and I are deeply saddened that we have brought negative attention upon our family, friends, and the University of Texas, among others. As Chris's fiance and the biggest supporter, I apologize for the role that I played in this unfortunate event. I realize that my frustration when breaking his glasses, initiating a physical struggle between Chris and myself, said true in the statement. Chris did not strangle me, and I told that that to law enforcement and I told that to law enforcement that evening. Chris has stated that he was acting in self-defense, and I do not refute that. I do not believe that Chris was trying to intentionally harm me in any way. It was never my intent to have him arrested or prosecuted. We appreciate everyone's support and prayers during this difficult time. End quote. That is true statement about what had happened through her attorney. Okay. First question. You never intended to have him arrested or prosecuted. Well, I think as soon as you call the police, that is your sole intent. Right. (laughs) So that makes no sense whatsoever. Second of all. Now, when she called the police, she may not have had the intent to have him arrested. She just called the police. I think if you're calling the police about someone strangling you. The only intent is for them to be arrested. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) That's the only outcome to that. That is a straight... When you accuse someone of strangulation, that is a straight-up felony. Mm -hmm. So that is the only outcome to that if you call the police. I'm betting what she meant was, like, she didn't think it would be as big of a deal. (laughs) Like, oh, yeah, he'll just get arrested, and then we'll go back to being our toxic (laughs) selves, and, you know, just break your glasses next week. This is the head basketball coach of the... At the time, second-ranked team in the nation. And not even... Even if they were the worst team by record in the nation, it's the University of Texas. There's no one bigger than that. That's my oh, thing. That's like, not true. Like, how, 
There's the head football coach of the University of Texas. Yeah, but I'm saying like I'm saying like that. <laughs> there's no one bigger in the sense of the university, like. But like, just how many people do you coach. know who are in high performing, high demand positions that have a toxic relationship in that way? You know, like people who are high performers don't surround themselves with BS like that. Like they don't have time for it. And so like to know that this is happening just seems really. Is it a toxic relationship or was it a toxic situation? Well, that's the thing. I mean, she's only a fiance. I'm like, maybe it's never been reports of this before. Yeah. Like this is out of left field when it came into the public. Chris Beard was a a boy scout. Yeah. Yeah. Like he has been the epitome of kind of what you would want your kids to be around. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But also, people, they can hide. Yeah, oh, yeah. Things are, are always different you know, behind like, closed doors. Narcissists tend to be very charismatic and people love them. Absolutely. Not behind closed doors. But what's weird is how she recanted it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people will think, oh, well, the story adds up. Maybe everything's fine. But then you can look at it on the flip side. And, like, if anyone's ever been in a toxic relationship, you know there's that yo-yo dynamic. Mm-hmm. Like, Someone gets hit, someone leaves, someone comes back. And it's just that cycle over and over again. And so it's like, she's they're probably there trying to make amends with one another. And this is the only way to do it, you know? So who knows? The truth falls somewhere in the middle. Usually yeah. always does. Right, right, right. But it's... also, like, I want to know if he really did put his hands on her. Because it's like, okay, mm-hmm. maybe someone broke your glasses. Doesn't mean you hit them, Right. No, for sure. Why else would you call the cops? Or yeah. you're being attacked and trying to fend off an attacker. And, you know, because of which. Did he call the cops? <laughs> it, I, that remains to be seen. I do right. believe it was her. But, you know, you don't know the inner workings of how this worked out. Yeah. But optically. It is not great, and I'm wondering if this recantment from his fiance changes things in terms of his suspension because his suspension felt like a holding place for him to be basically fired with cause, right? Right, until he figured it out kind of thing. Oh, no, I don't believe there was a figuring it out more so than this was, we're putting a pin in this, and we'll come back to it at the end of the season, and you mm-hmm. will just walk away. This man could have been fired at any moment. He could have been fired the second this came out. Yeah, the second it, his name was mentioned next to the word felony charge, he could have been fired. So, and when you're talking about domestic abuse, that is a a heavy thing because you are recruiting kids. Mm-hmm. You are talking to parents to get them to let you bring in their kids and, in an essence, raise them. Right. You're te- you learn so many life values from being an athlete, and a lot of those are those life lessons you learn from your coach. So I can understand that. But then there's also the flip side where, you know, sometimes men do get a bad rap or accused of things that they aren't exactly guilty of. But I do also believe that where there's some smoke, there's – you know, fire. It's so, it's such a tough situation yeah. because of the fact that this seemingly came out of nowhere, so it didn't add up at the time. Right. And so you're just trying to figure out, were they really good at hiding things in the past and things just boiled over finally? 
or was this an issue of because remember the first the first incident with Deshaun Watson, we we're like, ah, oh, is this wo- woman looking for money? And then yeah. one turned into two, turn two turned into five, five turned into fifteen, and all of a sudden you're looking at twenty uh, something cases against Deshaun Watson for similar actions, and you're like, maybe this isn't a, a money grab, <laughs> right? Right, and I agree with that, but also it could it could be looked at both ways that there is at least some incentive, but with this man's fiance, what is her incentive? Like, how would that help her to in any way? to like blow things up in that way. And and for that reason, that's why I feel like it had to have been some legit domestic abuse, whether it was physical or verbal or whatever, but it sounds like it was a little more on the physical side. Could be on the physical side. There could be the case where basically it's, it's abuse. He's fending off. Cops get called. Somebody has to go to jail, right? Yeah. So that could also be a situation, but it is muddy, it is ugly, and I don't know if this changes things in terms of his job security at the University of Texas. I feel like they probably just don't want to deal with any of that kind of BS. It's really hard, and he may have to go rehab his image at a small school again somewhere off the radar and have to come back later in life. But if that's the case... What does Texas do? This is a top team yeah. that had legitimate, legitimate national championship aspirations. Yep. Does that change things with this team with Chris Beard gone? Certainly a little bit, but I think the aspirations are still there. It's too talented of a roster. I was going to say, they got good bones. They, The bones are good, but... When you're talking national championships, the bones are led by the coach. Yeah, and mean, the coach making those... The coach is the difference when it comes to tournament time. Yes. Yeah. And that changes things when you're dealing with an unknown like that. And mm-hmm. if, if he truly is gone at the end of the year, what do they do at coach? Because they swung and hit a home run. They got their guy. They went and got Chris Beard. Mm-hmm one of the top coaching candidates in college basketball. Without a doubt. If not the top coaching candidate in all of college basketball, right? Mm-hmm. What do you do to to replace that? I mean, you certainly can't outright unless you're going... I don't know. I mean, it's, it's I tough. I mean, you you got Arkansas and Alabama who have two really good coaches, I believe. You have to poach someone. You, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Whether it's Musselman or you, you got to go get yeah. that guy. Mm-hmm. You got to get the equivalent to Chris Beard, who is at a big school, but not a massive school, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like if they don't act on it now, they can't. Well, you, you know, can't like, do anything in bring, season. If, if, yeah. If, well, if you bring him back on, then oh. you you. You can't do anything about it. Well, if you bring him back, it's done. You brought it back. Yeah, and that's it. But also, I feel like crazier things have been done, you know, in sports. Like, I feel like people get a lot of passes in sports. Guaranteeing $250 million to Deshaun Watson is one of those crazier things that have happened. (laughs) So that's why it wouldn't surprise me if they did bring him back, especially considering where they're at in the rankings, the potential they have, what's at stake for the program. 
I just. But it is a black eye on the university. It is for sure. Big time. So that is the tightrope that they walk when dealing with this situation. And it is going to be very intriguing to see how this unfolds. I've got one more question for you on college basketball before we leave, uh, Jack. That being UConn, who is now the number two ranked team. Are they back? And is Missouri for real? After beating Illinois this week and improving to 11-1. and one. I have not seen Missouri yet, so I cannot speak to if they're real. But I did look at who they've played. And up until Illinois, they had not played a whole lot. No. So we'll see if they can continue that into SEC play, which is about to start. But UConn is for real. They are led by some great mm-hmm. guards. They have one of the best big men in the country. Um. And then Andre Jackson is one of the best glue guys and one of the most athletic players in the nation. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, UConn is super legit. Super legit. He is Jack Thompson. She is Katie Goodman. I'm James Pledger. We're going to find out who's the best gift wrapper here coming up next. I think I have an idea. (laughs) Not me. (laughs) I'm like, uh, is it me? We're going to answer the tough questions and get you ready for a fantastic day with the Dallas Cowboys that starts right here on San Antonio Sports Star at 2.30. It's all coming up here on the Saturday Morning Hangover on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM and SASportsStar.com. This is Jason Minnix on your home for Dallas Cowboys football. San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 94.1 FM. Christmas, everyone, and happy holidays. We, here at the Saturday Morning Hangover, we want to wish you the happiest of holidays. We hope you have a safe and very the Merry Christmas merriest tomorrow. of Christmases. And we hope, according to the show sake's name, that New Year's Day, you feel like a hangover. <laughs> because this is the Saturday Morning Hangover. So, spend your Saturday night getting ready for this show. <laughs> you're not hungover you didn't do it right exactly all right so i think in the break we figured out exactly who the best rapper was and i'm not surprised by this at all question jack doesn't think he's ever wrapped a thing in his life it is gift bags and i get it gift bags bags are a game changer in the process (laughs) someone's gotta use them but i can't like do the the tissue paper inside the gift bag that well either all you gotta do is you you lay it flat on your hand and then you poke it through right here and you pull it out and it's all fluffed and nice. Yeah, you just shake it and then it gets floof. Yeah. yeah, you know. Jack, you know. You know how many gifts I've you put just in went gift up bags? A couple <laughs> you know how many gifts I've put in gift bags? I know how to use the tissue paper at this point. Fair minimum. When <laughs> it comes to gift wrapping, I feel like I'm only good if I am get that first cut right. Like if I have too much or not enough paper, <laughs> my thing's done. Like, like it is going to be oh ugly. God. You can literally trim it off the No, you present. can't. You're yes, wasting. You You're stuck That's with what you cut. That's part of the game, y'all. That is why we're losing trees in the Northwest. <laughs> okay, now you guilt trip me. Come on. Come on. Wrap it with newspaper if that's what you care about. The funnies. I've done that before. That's actually cool. Yeah, like comics and then a cool ribbon. I use real cloth ribbons with like wire and stamps on there. There's our answer. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I totally have a Pinterest board of of present wrapping. 
I know. I'm like, of course, I'm the girl All that right. likes to wrap the presents. We're a minute out. Today's game, a game you can catch right here on San Antonio Sports Star, Cowboys-Eagles, Garner Minshew at quarterback, Jalen Hurts out, looking like Parsons and Trayvon Diggs in. What is your final score predictions? Oh, I hate oh, this. I, hate, I, I know, nope. but that's why I wanted to do it. Not I'm going to go... Uh, I'm gonna go 27. Ooh, okay. Cowboys 27. Cowboys 27. Eagles 8. Uh, no. <laughs> well, we've got 10 seconds, so. 17. I'm, I'm gonna say Eagles 26, Cowboys 24. Dang. I'm gonna say. I don't know. 27 for Cowboys. 13 for Eagles. There we go. Thank you for tuning <laughs> in to the Saturday Morning Hangover. Have a happy holiday. We'll see you in the new year.